Hello, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I was out of the country, so me and John didn't get together and talk about this last week. So now we're back together again. Uh, we're like two peas in a pod, uh, two rotten peas in, in a rotten pod. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, we get together, we talk about the Bible, and we talk about current events, and we uh, talk about life and we decided we'd record it so people could listen to what we have to say. And our, our goal is is not to indoctrinate anybody, but to get people to want to study their Bible. We want you to want to learn more about God. Um, but I'm a preacher with kids, and he's a preacher's kid. And uh, so we get together, and we John's helped me out a lot with my kids and uh, helping me to... to to try to keep them not to be me. Yeah, not to be him. And uh, I think the biggest wisdom he shared with me for my kids was don't let your kids know more than a kid needs to know. And he didn't put it quite like that, but you know, they don't need to know everything that's going on in the world today, um, especially in churches and then, you know, talk about when you're trying to solve a problem or work with a problem, the kids don't need to know because the kids process it different than we do and then they, they have a hard time overcoming that And uh, because they're kids. They don't, they don't work that way. We all know where two or more are gathered, there's probably going to be a conflict. <laughs> and, uh, That's a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, there's some people are just not going to disagree, not going to agree on everything. And, and John said, you know, you, you you see people shaking hands and and hugging necks at church and then they're arguing about something. Well, sometimes the argument's not really like a fight argument, but it's a disagreement trying to come to come to a resolution. There's times when I'm arguing, I'd say argument. Me and Robert are talking about stuff that needs to be done, and and we're poking holes in everything that we can poke holes in. If somebody heard the conversation, they might think we. Was, arguing about something but at the end of the day we're trying to make it better and then we laugh and go okay here's what we came up with but kids see that differently and so but anyway enough about my personal testimony about john helping me you're talking about that i mean you and i have done the same thing yes me and john have done the same thing too i Um, mean i i can't say that we've ever come to a point where we'll have hardship between oh yeah and i'm not saying I'm, I'm saying that it, it might appear. There's been times when me and John's debating this, uh, scripture and under, trying to understand scripture and understand something, and and we look around at everybody else in the room, and go, you know, we love each other, we're not mad, <laughs> and they go, okay. <laughs> well, what, what, what's so, funny about that is when you stop and you you know we get off in our own little world. Yes you know, working through that, and then you stop and you look and you realize everybody else is staring at us. That's exactly, exactly. Okay, are they fixing to get each other in a headlock or, you know, pound each other's face or what's about to happen? And that's why we, and that's one of the things that you keep your kids where they don't see, they sometimes working through issues because they were kids. And my kids have grown up in the church and last Sunday I was in Honduras and Mason was home for, is home for the summer and he was at church. That tickled me to death to see a kid come and, home. Uh, but here's what's cool to me is he's got a church home yeah. where he go where he's in school and he helps him do stuff and he's involved. Amanda's got a church home. Madison's got a church home and uh where they live and go to school and it's and I feel like it's partly because I let them be kids and not be preachers kids. <laughs> well, if that makes sense. Point. So anyway, that's that's my testimony for the day. We're going to get started. Let me open with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for keeping us safe when we traveled. And Father, we ask you to keep everyone safe this summer. Lord, if we ask anybody that would take time to listen to this, uh, that they would have a desire to study your word, Lord. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Johnny, what's the topic for today? Man, I don't have a clue. Uh, of course, as you were sitting here, you know, going through some of your stuff about how we debate things. It, mm-hmm. it does bring mind to some of the things that are debated today about, uh, I, I mean, some of the things have happened this last week. Okay. Uh, on the political and religious and political and socioeconomical realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, with the Supreme Court overturning the, you know, the Roe versus Wade. 
which was never a constitutional issue anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, let me, I got a story about this. Go ahead. Okay. There was a family friend back in the 70s that I heard my talking about here kids talking about kids hearing things they don't need to hear. Uh-huh. I was in the room when my dad and stepmom and my grandparents were sitting around talking about this person, family friend that had an affair mm-hmm. and got pregnant, had a mm-hmm. kid and didn't want the baby. Well, abortion was not as easily done mm-hmm. in the 70s as it is in the 2000s. And so the, they didn't have an abortion, and uh, but they didn't want the kid. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to run off with their boyfriend, but they didn't want the kid. So they left the kid on a family member's porch. Mm-hmm. And the family member called him up and said, no, you're not doing this. It was a kind of a dominant family member that could, that could... And so this family member comes in and says, "We're not. you're not going to do this. You come back home. You get your baby. You're going to take care of your baby and all this. So the... the Isn't that called being responsible? Yes. Okay. And so fast forward, fast forward after a little while, the the mom and the man she was married to accepted the reality of having that baby and took care of that baby, raised that baby. The man raised that baby as his own. Mm-hmm. And in all that, they loved that child once they got themselves together. Mm-hmm. They had to get themselves. The baby did nothing wrong, did nothing to deserve any kind of mistreatment. But they had, and so, and, and the pro-abortionists would say, man, they should have, if they had got an abortion, it wouldn't have been a problem. Well, mm-hmm. fast forward down the road to the present day. The, the, the girl, the child is now married with kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids is going, is protesting the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And we're Roe versus, is it Roe versus Wade? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and and so and you go back and go if that mom would have been able to have an abortion, that child, that grandchild would not even be there today because that child would not be here today mm-hmm. because the mom would be, you know, what I'm saying like that whole family would I be did. gone. I did. And they're protesting the fact that they're saying you saved a, you saving a child's life because of decisions mm-hmm. that the that the parents make. Mm-hmm. And well, see. There goes right back. It goes right back. Had 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 two young adults made better decisions. Made better decisions. Had had they not made the decision to be immoral, they never would have been put in that situation. Yes, but we all we all make we all make choices. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Daniel, come on in. We all make choices, and in our choices, we make we we have to live with our choices. Yeah. But it's like Bailey had somebody send her a mean text, and it's and she deleted the text so the problem would go away. Yeah. But we know that deleting the text didn't stop the problem because the person that was threatening her sent her another threatening text. Yeah. What I had to do is I had to go to the sheriff's department and get the sheriff's investigator to type up something that wouldn't get me in trouble right. and that would stop this child from threatening my daughter. Right. But deleting the text wasn't. Getting rid of a child is not because you don't want a child is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of the child um, because you made a mis- because you, of your own choices is not is not making you a more moral person. Right, right. It, and, and If anything, it's adding to it. Yes. Uh, now, I will say this, that I had somebody on Facebook one time tell me um, that, and I don't get involved in all these comments with Facebook, but they said, you're not one of those that thinks that just because somebody has a heartbeat, they're alive. And I said, well, out of all the people that I've been with when they died, they had a heartbeat. I said... The first thing the nurse did when they came in is check for a pulse, Mm -hmm. check for a heartbeat. And when there was no heartbeat, they said the person was dead. Mm -hmm. So as long as the person had a heartbeat, they were alive. Yeah. 
And I said, so yes, if there's a heartbeat, there's life. And based on what the medical profession has shown me, not based on what I think as a person, based on what I've learned, I've never walked in and somebody's heart be beating and I go, well, they're dead. Well, let's go, let's, let's call the, let's call in the, the funeral service. Mm-hmm. Every one of them has been judged no directly heartbeat. on a heartbeat. Yeah. And that is what decides whether they're li- living or dead. Well, and, and of course, I'm, this is going to be confession here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went through, I was the cause of, well, not by myself, but there was a you know contributing party here too, right? Of being in a situation where a decision had to be made very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do things when we're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Especially when there's, there's a thing that we had back in our day, it was called a drive-in. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when you get two people in a car and it's dark? And, mm-hmm. Well, it happened. Mm-hmm. Am I proud of it? No. Should never have done it. Mm-hmm. But had I not, had I allowed my upbringing, to dictate my morality that I was taught to dictate the situation. Number one, I never would have been in that situation to start. Right. But I had planned it. Right. I intentionally went in there with that. Um, And you're talking about having to go. I I don't know how many girls in our school disappeared over the summer. Well, where's she at? They're they're upstate New York visiting relatives, you know, for vacation. No, they weren't. They <laughs> it, it, it comes back. Yeah. It it comes right back. It's a choice you make whether to do the right thing or not to do the right thing. Whether to give in to your own desires, your own selfish desires, mm-hmm. or whether to restrain yourself. Mm-hmm. Which goes back to the very basics of marriage and staying within a marriage. Mm-hmm. My my. One of my best friends in elementary school, and we hadn't seen each other since elementary school. I mean, we'll, we don't even, we were Facebook friends, but we don't even talk uh, on Facebook. But, but one of my closest friends in elementary school, he was adopted. And the reason why he was adopted was because his mom was, went to visit relatives for the summer, <laughs> mm-hmm. had, had a child, gave him up for adoption. This family took care of her and adopted the child and sent her back home, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was in 1969, 1970, and that's what people did back then. But, and, and, and here's the thing too, does, does that make what I did any more or less horrendous than, than mm-hmm. actually going through with somebody having an abortion, or with actually turning uh, to a same-sex relationship? No, it goes back to what we've talked about a lot of times, it's just plain out, pure, evil sin in our lives Mm -hmm. and it's given into that and and when you go through the list Mm -hmm. it it goes all the way back to us talking to to us backbiting another individual to us backstabbing somebody or or gossiping about them or or anything along that line i've got a friend of mine whose child is in a relationship and they started they started they were friends and then they started having feelings for each other, so they just sat down. And I really respect this because I, I wish my kids I, and I, you know, my kids. And I got one that's got a boyfriend, and the others don't have anybody. Uh, Bailey's got a boyfriend, but he lives in another part of the state, or in a, even in another state. So, <laughs> but um, this friend of mine's uh, daughter, her boyfriend, sat down and said, "Look, we don't need to be." in a situation where we're going to be tempted. If we start feeling tempted, mm-hmm. then we leave. One of us has to go. We don't need to be in the in each other's apartment after a certain hour. Mm-hmm. We can eat dinner together, but after that, if there's nobody else there, we've got to go. Mm-hmm. We, we cannot be sitting around at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning together. Mm-hmm. Said, anything that's going to cause us to be tempted, we need to stop. And, you know, some people would laugh at that. 
but others would go, you know, they're saving themselves for the right thing. Absolutely. And so, you know, but not to say they're perfect. They've got their own little sins. And that goes with being um, that goes with being a fleshly human being. Yeah. Yes, they've got their own little they've got their own little quirks that are that are wrong. Um, I'm sure uh, they're not perfect because there's nobody perfect. However, what I'm saying is these and and this this gov this this decision by the government, all it did was put it back in the hands of the states. Mm-hmm. It didn't say mm-hmm. that it's a crime. It just said it's not constitutional for the federal government to, to do this, but it put it back in the hands of the states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going crazy over it. And one of the thing one of the, the, the phrases that I kept hearing after, you know, kind of sitting down watching some of it, I didn't watch all of it. Or, yeah. You know, I wasn't glued to the T V set and all this kind of stuff like that. But there's such a division and they keep talking about reproductive rights. Well, reproductive rights to me means You've got the right to reproduce. You do know that I'm that a married man cannot go have a vasectomy without his wife's consent. Exactly. But Absolutely. A, but a wife can have an abortion without her husband's consent. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That does not. It makes no sense whatsoever. But but let me tell you something else. But because this was overturned, you know who they blame. The three of us, old white guys. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's honest. That is coming from. That is coming from. Well, I, I've been called an old white man, um, a privileged white man, several times, but it's always been by white white people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, I have I had a friend of mine who was talking to some coworkers. Who are, are I said? Are they black or white? And, and and this friend of mine said they're white. I said, so do, do they know that they're calling their dads? And they go, oh yeah, they know they're calling their dads privileged white men mm-hmm. in America that made these decisions. And I'm going, do you realize? And I didn't say this, but but I was sitting there thinking their dads could not go get a vasectomy without their wife's con- consent, mm-hmm. but yet their wife could go get an abortion without their consent. Mm-hmm. And and I said, and yet we're blamed. But the, well, the, the I, Bible says that we need to protect our children. And somebody that does something to a child, it'd be better for a millstone to be tied about their neck and cast into the sea. Mm-hmm. And so I say, I feel like that, that that we should be advocates for the children and try to help people overcome their their problems. Some of it may be sin. Some of it may not be sin. You got two people that are get that that are having a baby and and they they're not ready for a baby mentally, socially, or financially. You're never ready, but they they have a they have a baby and they go, we can't afford this baby. We need to need to have you know it's it's not the right time and so they go have an abortion, um, or you know and and then the the biggest thing that the uh, that the pro abortionists say is what about rape and I'm sitting there going. How many people are getting an abortion are raped? Mm-hmm. But you do realize that the majority of the people that are getting abortions are low income mm-hmm. and oftentimes minorities. Mm-hmm. And if they're low income and minorities, the reason why a lot of people are pro abortion in the government is because it is population control. Absolutely. It absolutely and, is. But, but unfortunately, the people that control the information that we get. We're also the same people. <laughs> they're, also the, they're also the same yes. people. Yes. You know, uh, about 40 years ago, my friend was raped, and uh, she had the baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has turned out to be one of the greatest gentlemen, God, mm-hmm. God-fearing men. And, yes, at any point she could have decided, you know, I don't want this baby because of the rape. Mm-hmm. But look at the impact that he has made mm-hmm. on the world. Godfearing man, how many people has he brought into the church that wouldn't have been on the church had she made one wrong decision? Exactly, exactly. And that's there's well, a lot. Uh, let me let me give you a good example. Here. Okay, this is a married couple now, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say the kid's name, everybody's gonna know who he is. Oh, uh, this mother, they were missionaries. Mm-hmm. I know who you're talking about. Already, huh? Mm-hmm. You know the story then. Mm-hmm. How the, the doctor basically told her 
you need to have this mass of tissue removed from your body because it's never going to develop properly. Mm -hmm. Well, who did that turn out to be? He won a national, an SEC championship, a national championship in college football. He played pro football for a little while, I think, and That's exactly he played right. pro baseball, I think, and he's uh, on ESPN, and he's led more people to the Lord than me and you put together. He's shown more people God than me and you put together. Because he's and according to the to these physicians, that it was going to be this worthless mass of fetal tissue that would never develop properly. See, and here's the thing: there, people don't realize this, but there's one way for a child to be more perfect, and there's a there's there's almost a limitless way that a child can be more not perfect. Mm -hmm. if, and, and and I say that like you can have eleven fingers. You can have six on each hand. You can have six on one hand and, and, and four on another. You can have, I mean, you, you can, can have, have eight one toes. Earlobe different than the other earlobe. Yes, you can have, I mean, one eye, no eyes, mm -hmm. uh, no ear. I got a friend of mine who was born with no ear. Mm -hmm. I know some people who were born with no legs, no limbs, no you know, no fingers, mm -hmm. no this. No a guy, a guy I went to school with was born with no thumbs. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I was in elementary school um he didn't have any thumbs and um so i mean there's there's so many ways like mason was born with two club feet mm -hmm. there was a girl down in, in honduras that was born with one club foot mm -hmm. i mean there's there's so much you can do that that, that the child is going to be born with defects mm -hmm. so to speak bailey i think bailey was born with seizures i mm -hmm. don't think that that i think we found the seizures when she was five months old, but I think that she was having seizures longer than that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's so many ways that a child could be born not perfect, and there's so many babies being born that, and I don't know. But well, it, it, Jeff, it comes, it comes to this fact, and this is the fact. It's kind of like you and I were talking about, about the, the perversion mm -hmm. of what God said. Yes. Why, why do these things happen? Why do we have such things like this? It's because of sin. It's because mm -hmm. Adam surrendered the perfectness that we were created in in the garden. Mm -hmm. It goes all the way back to that. The, the strife and the, 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 the Contentions and everything that we have between us as human beings mm -hmm. goes all the way back to that fall right there, which is something that the secular people and the, and the, the so-called experts and scientists and doctors and biologists they deny this. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we didn't. We weren't created. We were. We were evolved. The Bible says that the. Um, and it doesn't come. It doesn't say specifically homosexuality is an abomination, but it does talk about a man lying with another man or a woman lying with another woman is an abomination. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, and what does, does that go back to? It goes back to that perversion mm -hmm. that happened in the garden. Yes, it talk, The Bible talks about um, hurting children, and and a baby is a child, and hurting a child, and then. But here's something else. Parents are raising their children. They're raising their children to have so much hate. Mm -hmm. They are. I agree. And there was a... They're also raising their children with the mindset of do everything you can to satisfy your own self. Look yes. out for yourself and don't worry about other yes. people. And that's... You that's, just do what makes you happy. But it, it talks about that women shouldn't wear men's clothes, men shouldn't wear women's clothes, and it talks, and then and you think, well, they all wore robes back in the day. Yeah, but they there was women's style and there was men's style. There mm -hmm. was, you shouldn't be, you, it, it, the Bible talks about all the stuff that's going on in our world today that is a sin. It's going on in the United mm -hmm. States today mm -hmm. that's a sin. But here's, and you and I talked about this before we, before we got on here, and I'm a firm believer that the United States will fall before Jesus comes back. I absolutely believe that. I, and I don't think it's going to fall and then Jesus come back. I think it's going to fall. I think it's going to be absorbed by other countries. Mm -hmm. like Just like you said. Um, and I think that, that we will be a socialist third world country before Jesus comes back. 
Now, now, what do we? What I base that on is the fact that Israel is this one little nation sitting over here. Mm-hmm. The whole world's going to have to turn its back on Israel. Mm-hmm. And right now, the only ally that the true only true ally mm-hmm. that Israel has had up to a certain point has been the United States. Has been the United States. And all that's going to go away. The Democrats don't like the Israel right now, and um, the Democratic leaders that are in our in Washington D.C. don't like Israel right now. And you've got TV shows that are that are making Israel look like bad guys, mm-hmm. so that people mm-hmm. won't like them. And I think that it's going to come to a point where um, we've well, got to be taken over and turned into a socialist government, so that that we can turn our backs on Israel and other countries can turn mm-hmm. their backs on Israel. And, uh, and I think that through all that, all this life, all this life of luxury we're living is going to be gone. It's going to be gone. Why? Because we're going to be absorbed into the socialist system. Which, and if you think about it, what, what is the main, one of the main tenets of socialism is everybody's a chicken in every pot. Mm-hmm. All right. As long as you keep somebody fed, now, where's my example? I go back to the children of Israel. What was one of the first things they said when they got out in the wilderness? Oh, you brought us out here in the desert to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, that we should be back in, you know, in captivity. Mm-hmm. At least we had leeks and garlic and, and meat in the pot. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the slave drivers fed them. Why, if they didn't feed them, they wouldn't work. You know, the people on welfare now are more enslaved than the, than the slaves were when back when the South had slaves. Absolutely. Because they don't even see it. They, they're having their basic needs met. Mm-hmm. They got food, clothing, shelter. Where do they get it from? Somebody else. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't have another visitor this morning? A lizard? <laughs> For real? Look at yeah. him. Wow. That's funny. We, we just had a lizard run across the floor. <laughs> That's funny. So at least it ran and it had legs. Yeah, I have um, reptile legs. Reptile, reptile. But we we see that we see that where our country's heading, and we see the political views, and we see how people are moving. And I I believe it stems from people not studying their Bible absolutely and teaching the Bible to their. I believe they 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 absolutely it's come from people who have tried to place the Bible. To fit their lives mm-hmm. instead of their lives to fit the Bible, mm-hmm. and they instead of instead of saying, "Okay, God, help me become more like Your Word," and mm-hmm. they they want to make God progressive. Mm-hmm. Well, God's okay because if they make God progressive, then what they're doing is okay, mm-hmm. and so that, then they're not committing any sins mm-hmm. because they've turned God to fit their life. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you can't turn God to fit your life, and we turn God to fit my life unless we're living the same life. But you know what you call it. Stupidity. Idolatry. This is true. Idolatry. Because what is idolatry? It's having a God of your own. Yes. And that's what people are doing. And that's what we're, which goes right back to what we were talking about, about the immorality. Yes. If you don't want to have to get to the point to where you have to have an abortion, if you think you, it's, it's your right to have that, mm-hmm. don't be immoral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just don't just just contain your desires within yourself, whatever you have to do, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm using that loosely, okay. But and why are you immoral? Because you've turned your back on God. Mm-hmm. You've not realized that there is a Lord and the Master over your life, a Creator that puts you here to start with, mm-hmm. which goes back to the perversion that goes all the way back to the to the garden. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's wrong with creation now. When you look at the flaws and the the failures and mm-hmm. the two headed calves and what we were talking about, people born with that, it goes right back to that. What is it? It's Satan trying to usurp God's authority and make creation his. You, you know, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so many religions, even over the past couple of centuries, that have just started to pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. And the reason they pop up is because. They don't agree with what's in here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They want to rewrite it to mm-hmm. fit their own format, mm-hmm. to fit their own lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so now you have these things come up where, okay, well, that was the old Bible, or that was the old way of teaching. This is a new era, and mm-hmm. stuff like this. 
Um, and it comes down to, I'm, I'm not a big follower of Kenneth Copeland, but he one time said something that was so powerful. This is one of those things. Mm -hmm. says, stop saying, yeah, but. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> the Bible says this, yeah, but. No, no. stop saying, yeah, but. That's exactly right. Now, if when the Bible does say "but," it, what does it say? "But God." Yeah, but God. But God. Which means that's the flip side of everything that we're coming at right now. Where's, yes. It's but God. It's, but it's God. It's keeping it to the love and not trying to contradict it. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's keeping it right back into what the book says. That's why I think that it's very important for us as Christians to to tell people about God, not only with with saying, hey, I'm a Christian, but living it. Yeah. And 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 showing people that we love God. Yeah. Well, we're out of time here. Yes, we folks. are. <laughs> uh, we'll pick this up sometime in the future. Possibly, maybe. Possibly, maybe. <laughs> uh, as as y'all have noticed, we do have a tendency to kind of forget some things sometimes. <laughs> yes. But here's... I want to leave this thought before John closes in prayer. If you can find anywhere in the Bible that proves that the United States will be the United States throughout to the end of time till Jesus comes back I'd like to see it yeah yeah but I don't I don't see it I don't and so I want to hear it I want somebody to come with so it's just and, and we see how our country is going away from God so much that we will be a we will be a country that has to sneak and hide to worship God Absolutely. one day Absolutely. if we don't make a change today. And we are in the process of that happening. Yes, right we've got to make something happen, folks. All right, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to share our thoughts and to share Daniel, too. Mm -hmm. Lord, I just ask you to help us keep these things in mind as we go through our week and our months and year and whatever. And Keep our hearts and minds turned towards you. Yes. And always remember that you are sovereign. You are in control. There's nothing happening that you don't know about. And just help us to remember that. These things I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, because it's good. Cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> As I, this, is, this is Jeff and John. We're from the other side of the pulpit. I'm Jeff. He's John. It's very impromptu, by the way. Yes. And um, we got to talk in our discussion, and I said, we're going to talk about this. So I need to be recording it. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, go ahead. So I hit, I hit play and he's like, because, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, let's open with prayer. And we'll get started. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, Father, thank you for your word that we can study and draw closer to you. Father, we ask you to be with our worship service today. And, and, um, Lord, we ask you to be with anyone who would listen to this podcast. Lord, that they'll draw closer to you, not not based on the podcast, but based on the fact that they have a desire to love you, and and we just want to encourage and spark thought, so that they would anyone that would listen to this podcast would get deeper in your word, so that they can get closer to you. Father, we ask it all in your Son's holy name. Amen. All right, so go ahead, John. Which? Well, I can, we can't jump in and conversation, <laughs> can we? <laughs> <laughs> We can, but that would be kind of mean to anybody that might give ear to this. What were we talking about before we started this thing? Uh, we kind of been looking at translations and, and how do you understand the scripture and things like that. We talk about denominational events and uh, you learn to interpret things. And Jeff says he goes back to the Greek, which means he breaks out the Strong's or the electronic version thereof. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, and one thing that I have found out that in a denominational mindset or, or schooling, that you can even take the Greek and twist it, even though you go back to the original word, uh, de depending on what your mindset is and how you want to view it. it it's just like what I, I heard a statement this morning. <laughs> you set yourself up and I'm going to get you. Oh, point. I know. I'm going to get you too. That's right. We, you know, this, this is something we're notorious for getting each other in. Mm -hmm. And what what we do is, is, is <laughs> I'm coming to an understanding is the reason we do this is because we want to understand. Yes. Look, last week we did not do this. And last week. Oh, we, it was uh, awesome. <laughs> we, we just kind of wanted to unload on some things that he and I just wanted to come together on. And, um, it was one of those that hindsight we probably should have written. We probably should. We should have because through it all we we both took giant leaps closer to to 
growing in Christ. And, and exactly. so, exactly. Um, but that's what we do. And exactly what John says. So go ahead, John, tell us about the, the we've been talking about the nomination, I mean, a nominational curveballs uh, with the Bible. and Well, it, it, it's something that you and I both, it, to each other, have it, it, particular points in time expressed mm-hmm. a concern about actually leading somebody to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're both, and I, every time I hear somebody say the little mantra, you know, all you got to do is just come down front and go through the prayer and do this and that and the other, mm-hmm. which none of that's in the Bible. None of that's biblical. It's not there. The sinner's prayer is not in the Bible, period. And, and um, I understand why pastors do the sinner's I prayer. absolutely do. Um, absolutely do. For people that might be listening to this, the reason why a pastor does the sinner's prayer is because it's, it's so easy and so difficult to become a, a true believer in God because you have to believe in your heart. Right. And you have to confess with your mouth. And it's really an internal thing mm-hmm. that starts it all. Once you receive salvation, I don't care if you're riding down the road, jumping out of an airplane, uh, sitting in the principal's office, um, or, or, or sitting in a, in a church service. Once, once that kind of happens, it's a done deal. But people need to visualize and hear and have a light switch sort of moment. <laughs> To where their belief actually becomes activated. Yes, and but the very moment, the very moment that you believe you're saved, you, that sinner's prayer has come along just to kind of get show to give people peace. Well, in that and that to help them understand. Well, it changed from trying to help the the person understand that they're a child of God when they believe to that's the way you get saved. Right. And that it, is not the way you get saved. It, it's turned into a process or a procedure mm-hmm. or, or following a particular order, which is no different than going through a catechism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not as involved. It's Correct. simple. Correct. It's just, it, it, which goes back to it being based on the works, on, mm-hmm. a, on something you've done, as opposed to just being pure faith. I came into, I, I came into the thought of process about this um, back when I was going through a, a um, witness witnessing program and the, and the preacher said the preacher said you know the best part about the sinner's prayer is there's not one written down so you don't have to you don't have to say the exact same words that the pastor said to said that, that when you prayed it said you're just you're actually at that point giving them something to stand on right which which comes forward to some of the things we were talking about a while ago about their particular denominational bents that can use the scripture to say that you got to be baptized yes it it comes back based on scripture I, I, I'm a firm believer that baptism is 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 very important John because it is very important however that does not that is not the defining moment of your salvation. No, no. And I'll go one further in my Baptist views. Um, if I'm in a situation where somebody wants to be baptized but cannot for be baptized because they are in a situation where they cannot be mm-hmm. submerged, mm-hmm. I will sprinkle them if it makes them feel mm-hmm. better. If they want a ceremony. I will sprinkle them. Mm-hmm. I will spray them with a water hose if that's what they want. But I'll, you're but you're, you're not going to do that until you in your in, in your own in your own process in 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 your own mind know that they have a full and complete understanding of what being saved by grace through faith. John, that's where I have the biggest absolutely concern absolutely and the ministry that I have been involved in absolutely since 1992 absolutely and I'm going to tell you what it is everybody that comes to me that wants to be baptized will tell you dead straight up that they're a child of God that mm-hmm. they're a Christian mm-hmm. that they're saved mm-hmm. by grace they can tell you all the book work mm-hmm. but they that 
I would, I would, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'd wager, but I would guess that the majority of the people that I baptize will never see heaven. Mm-hmm. And I hurt when I think about that because I cannot, I cannot know in their heart what they truly believe. I Absolutely. have to go by what they say. Absolutely. Which goes back to what we were talking about a while ago. Mm-hmm. This, and I'm holding up a book, and I'm not going to give you the name of it because there's been millions of them put out. Mm-hmm. But this is a sales program. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, if you go through this and you look at it, it is a sales program. Mm-hmm. Now, what does the sales program do? It convinces you in your mind that this decision you're about to make about whatever this thing is that you're about to commit to. One it, one thing that you and I have never really discussed openly, I mean, not, I want to say openly, I'm, well, I mean, like, like the sinner's prayer, we've sat down and said, talking yeah. about the sinner's prayer yeah. and repentance and all that. One thing we we a hundred percent agree on, but we've never said how we agree on it is the witnessing. Exactly. I'll, I I'm I'm a hundred percent in. Yes. 100%. We we both agree that, and and I may say it a little different than his actual thought process because we don't have the exact same mind, but. <laughs> A witnessing program, in my opinion, is getting people to come into the church so that we can teach them the Word of God so that they can see the Word of God and rightly divide the truth so that they can decide, do I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? Mm -hmm. And why do I believe? that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Mm-hmm. Why do I do I believe that they were sinning in the world? Basically, when I, when they mine John's thought on this and I and stop me if I'm wrong, um even if unless the verbiage is a little different, but we we don't sit there and go out there and go, okay, walk up and knock on somebody's door and go, okay, are you a child of God? Do you want to get saved? This is the plan. Uh and then they go, yeah, I will, and then we pray with them, and then they're 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 a saved sinner going to heaven, according to what we witnessed to them about, mm-hmm. and they never change their lifestyle. Exactly. All we've exactly. done at that religious. point is is put perfume on a pig. Yes. So what we believe That's is, correct. if if you take that person and you bring them in and you teach them about the Bible, they will understand that there is a need for salvation right. and all about salvation and it will and then they can make a decision and then when they make a decision they can stand on it mm-hmm. and but then there's tell them why they're a sinner mm-hmm. tell them how they got to be in that condition oh uh, it, it not just go out and condemn them and say mm-hmm. you're a sinner you're going to hell and this is where we agree but the verbiage, I think, is a little bit different because I don't, what, I don't know where the condemn and condone line is. I yeah. just try not to. I try not to over con, con, I try not to condone a sinful lifestyle, but I try not to condemn the, the the sinful lifestyle. What I try to do is go down the middle so that they can see there's a difference yeah. between sin and not sin. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Having and a that's what, I have a hard time with that. And I think that's I think you, you you've helped me a little bit on some of this stuff, and and I think you have a hard time with it too, but what, not what, as hard of a time. As I have. Which is which is why we why we're doing yes, what we're doing right now. Exactly. So and we've kind of got off the subject of what we were talking about about the 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 the, the twist and turns of the going back to the Greek and and the different translations of the Bible. Well, and, it, and it, it, actually, we had no gift because yeah. if you think about it, each denominational mm-hmm. uh, bent, each denominational teaching, uh, even within Baptists, mm-hmm. what's considered to be Baptist, even in that, there are variations. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I said I was going to get you. Basically, what we're discussing is a variation. It is because we've got what we think is. What we're trying to understand is what of, of what God is telling us 
Which is what we're trying to do is get back to what God's telling yes. us as opposed to this traditional denominational teaching yes. that we've had. And, and, but here's, and, and this is why I tend to lead towards the, the Southern Baptist more than the Independent Baptist. Um, and th- what I think is odd is the Independent Baptist is more, con- more together on stuff as far as the different churches yeah. The, the Southern Baptist. Yeah. I know a bunch of Southern Baptist preachers and we'll speak to each other, but, but our churches don't get together and do a whole lot. Independent Baptist, they get together and have camp meetings oh, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, the independent absolutely. movement is more than the Southern Baptist. Absolutely. But, and that's why I say that, not just a church that stands by itself, but the independence. That's yeah. a, that's actually a, 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 an offshoot of the the Baptist. Yeah. You know, uh, just like free will and, and primitive and, you got independent and missionary and but anyway the the southern baptist when you read what they have is very closely in line to what i believe when i look at the the scripture and that is the only reason why i'm in a southern baptist church i'm I'm the same way partner i am Uh, i'm the same way and why note to the as closely aligned because they disagree with me on a few things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and vice versa. Yeah, and I disagree with them on a few things. Well, and, and, and see, here, here, like you, one of one of the things that, that even anywhere relationally keeps me saying I'm a Southern Baptist mm-hmm. is because it's one of the only, and I'll say denominations, it's one of the only denominations that bases their whole doctrine on saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. plus nothing. Yes. It's by grace through faith plus nothing. Yeah. And it's 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 in that faith is it's in that finished work on the cross whereby Christ died for our mm-hmm. sins. He rose he was buried and he rose again. Mm-hmm. And- at one point, I could have probably been Methodist, but Methodists have, have moved so far to the left where they're accepting sin, sinful life, as okay as long as you come to church. Like they're they're letting in. There's issues going on. I'm not going to get into it, but but because of that, I had a friend of mine who pastors a Methodist church, and he said he's had people come and go. You sure you're not Baptist? He goes. Uh, y'all, y'all call yourself Methodist. He said by name only, mm-hmm. because the Methodist Church has moved so far away from what the Bible says, mm-hmm. and it's not recognizable. But I, I had a friend that was a, a different denomination. I'm not going to say what. You'll probably know it. And he said, he said, if you if you're truly saved, you're going to speak in tongues. And uh, I like what. Um, and and he also said you can lose your salvation. I got some friends that said you can lose your salvation, and. Um, and uh, I like what uh, John MacArthur said about this. He said, if you could lose your salvation, you would. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he said, he goes, I find exactly. it. He goes, I exactly. find it. It was, it was pastor preaching. And he said, I find it odd that people go, I'm saved, but I can lose my salvation, but I've got it now, but I can lose it any moment, but I'm keeping it. And he goes, if you truly could lose your salvation, you would you lose would. your salvation. You would. And so, uh, and people go, well, you can get it back. Well, that, if you lose it and get it back and lose it and get it back and lose it and get it back, the best thing that can happen is make sure that you, lo- that you get it back the day you die. According to Scripture, how many times can you be born? You can be born physically once. Mm-hmm. You can be born spiritually once. Yes. So, well, and, and we're not going to get off on that discussion. Yeah. But but I'm just showing you how that yeah. that's why I'm with the Baptists and not these other things because. But you know you're gonna find within that same denomination right there that there are those in that that particular biblical view or bent or denominational teaching mm-hmm. that you're gonna find that, that that there are those in that same mindset that believe the opposite of that that you cannot lose yourself. Yeah. It's the same, it, and well, they do the speaking in tongues. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing in any denomination you go mm-hmm. into. But my 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 thing that you and I both have discussed at length mm-hmm. before is am I rightly dividing this word? Mm-hmm. And when I witness somebody, when I tell somebody about Christ, am I telling them in the right way? And I'm not saying that to put this thing in order, but am I putting any error into it? 
And, am I putting yeah. something misleading out of a trans, you know, a, a tradition that that we've been taught, like the sinner's prayer, like going through the four spiritual laws, or what's the other one, uh, taking them up the Romans road, or giving them the ABCs, or or you, you see where I'm going with that? All of these things, these processes, these procedures that we've been taught as to how to witness. See, I've, I'm I have come to the conclusion over my my years of of doing this is. You don't start out with the ABCs, and you don't start out with the Romans Road. You don't start out with all this stuff. Um, you got to start out by showing somebody that they need a savior and why well, they need that savior. You start out by teaching them the Word of God, mm-hmm. and then once they say, once somebody believes that this Bible, I don't care if it's the King James Version, the twenty-first century King James Version, which I'm holding in my hand. The ESV, the NIV, RSV, NASB, all that. I don't care what Bible they're holding. The message is not a Bible. I don't care if they classify it as a Bible, but it's no different than me paraphrasing when I'm preaching. And so it's not Scripture, okay? But don't get me wrong. You can kind of get a guy's view on that. It might help you over a hump, but it's not a Bible. But anyway, I don't care what Bible you're actually holding. Um, if you teach them the Word of God and get them to where they believe, before they open this up, they can, they can say, I believe every word of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And if you can teach them how to believe the Bible, mm-hmm. then they go, well, I believe this is, where, this is true. Mm-hmm. And they start studying, they start understanding, they'll discover, hey, I need that Savior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when they discover they need that Savior, they go, well, how do I get that? Mm-hmm. And that's when you say, and and you don't look at them and go, well, I'm about to take you down the Romans road, you know, you, but you take them down that road, yeah. or you you do the ABCs. You don't go, I'm going to teach you the ABCs of yeah. the, of, of godliness. Yeah. I, I, you don't have to do that. You just look at them and go, okay, here's here's Romans three twenty three. Everybody's sin to come short of the glory of God, right? Mm-hmm. And and based on the scripture, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you let them say, well, this is what happened. And you read, you've read through the Bible, you've studied the Bible. And, um, I, I'll, and, and, and then you can take them through these things and show them that it is a spiritual rebirth. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing. And it doesn't matter if you take them down the Rover's Road or the ABCs, but that's kind of the last thing you do. If they need that, some mm-hmm. people may not need those Roman that 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 sort of thing. They they finally get to Ephesians where it says, "I'm saved by grace through faith." <laughs> through faith, plus, yeah, plus nothing, <laughs> plus nothing. <laughs> so, it all equals salvation, you know. So, grace and faith, and that's what the entire Bible talks mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they read that and they go, okay, but you you might have to take some through this, but that's the last. Thing that you do. It's not the first thing. Mm-hmm. The first thing is to make sure they they believe the Bible. Well, this this whole book, and and that's one thing that I, that a lot of ninety eight percent of the churches really don't understand that this whole book is about one thing, mm-hmm. and it's salvation. Mm-hmm. It's that's the, the whole, redemption of mankind. This is the reason why the Bible was written. It's the reason the Bible was written from Genesis one to Revelation twenty one. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why it was written. That's that whole that. Somebody put it uh, in in this uh, context one time. He said that that's that whole scarlet mm-hmm. thread that runs through the whole Bible mm-hmm. that connects it all together. Yep. Now, rightly dividing is when you begin to understand how this thing is knit together mm-hmm. like a garment. It's a garment that we put on. And and I think that when we come to these different different versions of the Bible, I I try to look at different versions when I'm reading. And uh, what I what I think what we need to do is when we get to these points where we say. Okay, there's a word here, and it means in in our English language it means this, but I'm not sure. You know, let's look at this version over here. We look at this version, and it, and it uses it a little bit different. You look at this version, it uses a little bit different. You go, what is it? What's the Greek word? Yeah. And you go back and find what the Greek word. Find a definition of a Greek the Greek word mm-hmm. if it says. And and sometimes, and I have seen it where it says. At least one or you know, at least two of the things that that is actually translated. That's what the Greek word means. Yeah. yeah. And so, then you kind of go back and go, now what does it mean in our in our language today? And you know, because 
the best, the easiest one to say is like in James where it talks about gay apparel. Yeah. And, and if you tell somebody gay apparel now, they're gonna they're gonna teach, they're gonna walk in with a rainbow shirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. What I'm saying, or they're gonna walk in looking like you know, looking dressed as if you know how a, a gay person would would dress and, yeah. and going to a nice place or yeah. whatever you know, and. Uh, that's not exactly at all what the Bible's talking about. So you have to look, understand what the word means today, what the word meant then, and go back to the, what the word meant then. Mm-hmm. But there's other words that 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 can mean different things. But that's in all. See, my 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 belief is that if you are trying to study the Word of God, mm-hmm. and you see, you said this, and it clicked immediately when you said this. What we're doing could be considered another way everything's bent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but come, here, on in, come on in, Dan. Come on, Blake. But come here's on. here's the cool thing. We're we're doing a podcast this morning, so we um, Dan Danny's joining us here. Uh, he's just started coming to church, and Danny's going to see how me and John think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're almost done. Um, but anyway, when you look at at this. If I'm talking to somebody about the Bible and leading them to the Lord or, or showing them some scripture or, or helping them overcome an obstacle in their life and, and all that, and John's doing it, we may say some different verbiages mm-hmm. to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what I feel like the, the different translations come out to be. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some out there, like I said, the message is paraphrasing what's been translated. Um, and I, that's why I don't consider it that because that's a man translating mm-hmm. what's been said. But the 21st century King James Version and the 1611 King James Version say basically the same thing. Um, John and I were looking and there was a word different. It said um, in verse 25 of Romans chapter 3, it says, I'm not there anymore. I changed it. Oh, my bad. It says, Him God, it says, Him God hath set forth. And in, in the King James Version, this revised from the 1611. It's whom. Whom. And, um, now, does that, does that make a difference? I mean, in the, in, in the context and the meaning of the Scripture. No, not no, really. Not really. So, not, not really. does the little things like that matter? Because some of it is just me leaving. Some, some of it is me Talking to somebody about the Bible, you talking to somebody about the Bible, and we're taking them to God. Right, and that's that's what the gospel is. Is yes. when you understand what the gospel for us today in this age of grace is. When you understand the gospel, mm-hmm. then that's that's when you come to that belief of everything in this book that's been done mm-hmm. for our salvation. Yes, and. When it comes to believing the Word of God, and if you accept that, like it says, it's, it's grace that God gives. It's our faith that that grace saves us, and plus nothing. Plus nothing. And the repentance comes when we believe that grace. Mm-hmm. Then God changes us. He circumcises our heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we don't change. He changes our desires mm-hmm. so that our desires change. And when our desires change, then we look, we're going in a different direction. Because mm-hmm. if, if you desire ice cream, you're going to be heading to an ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. But if you, change, if you decide you want to have coffee, you're going to a coffee shop. And if you decide you need a two by four, you're going to a lumberyard. Um, so your directions change based on what your desires are. And that's it. When your desires turn towards God, your desires change to want to serve and glorify mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And... That's and that's that that's that repentance that comes yes. from the heart that's been changed by him by believing the gospel by believing that everything that's been done for us to be reconciled to God once again it's mm-hmm. been done he's already done it and and this is this is too is why me and John get together and we don't get upset when we don't see to see the see eye to eye on different things because we end up looking at what we do and learning from it so that we can grow mm-hmm. and understand it in a different light. If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, they're, they, they basically, they're talking about the same thing, but it's from different 
angles mm -hmm. of the same thing. It, it's 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 the way God has dealt with a particular group of people at a particular group of time for a particular reason, mm -hmm. and that's in His sovereignty, which goes back to what we were talking about again, which makes it leads you to show a man why he needs salvation, mm -hmm. which most of us don't know. We don't understand that. We don't mm -hmm. understand why that separates. Well, I didn't, do, I didn't have anything to do with what Adam did. No, but you're a child of his. You got his blood in your veins. But our sins, affect, our sins affect others. That's right. Absolutely they do. And all you got to do to find that out is look around at society. Just look uh, at look, society. Yeah. Um, just you take a... Um, how, how, let's see, what, what do you want to do? Like um, a person who has a child really young, generally their child has a child really young. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it kind of goes, goes with it. If you, have a, if you have good parents, sometimes you have, you, you have kids that want to be good parents because they were taught how to be good parents. I had but excellent that, parents. Yeah, but and, 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 you, and you realize you realize you couldn't be a good parent, so you didn't have any kids. <laughs> but and I, I said that because you, what, if you have an abusive parent, then a lot of times you have abusive kids grow up to be abusive parents. Um, it, because our sins affect others, the way we live affects others. Um, I had a guy that that said that you know. He didn't see anything wrong with cheating when he was cheating on his on his first wife because his dad cheated on his mom. He said that's just what people do. Had a, and then he realized it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he said, once I realized, hey, this is not good, you know, and and uh, which goes back to what we've been talking mm -hmm. about about receiving salvation. Mm -hmm. Because for years, I mean, and, and I'm I'm not talking five six. I'm talking twenty plus. Mm -hmm. This is what I saw. Mm -hmm. You come down front, you say the prayer, you get your name on the book, you get baptized, and you go out and you live your life just like you did right there. Yeah. Then that means that you... All right, this is the old old school version here, okay? That means that it didn't take. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like you've been vaccinated. Uh, no. The vaccination yeah. didn't take. Well, his salvation didn't take. Well... Yeah. What do you do? Go back and do it again. So, yeah, you know, what do you do? Next week you go slobbering, running, crying, screaming down the aisle, falling the altar and slobber all over everybody, and then you get up and you're supposed to be saved at that point, right? No. Because you go out Monday morning and you see the same, you know, the same uh, deacon out doing the same things with the same people he wasn't supposed to be doing stuff with. Yeah. That's that's not salvation. And that right there. That's not repentance. As, as a pastor, when I'm talking to people, that right there is the hardest thing to overcome. It's people saying, well, I'm having, your deacon's hanging out with me on Saturday night. Why don't you get him back in church? Yeah, I'm going, he's in church. Yep. Well, then why, why am I wasting my time? Yep. You know, I hadn't had that exact scenario, but I've had similar kinds of things. Well, so-and-so goes to your church. Yeah, yeah, they, they do this and this and this. And I go, okay. But you don't know what their heart is. Mm -hmm. are, are they are they making changes and they just hadn't made that you know if but, I'm if I'm going to if I'm going to Florida and John's going to Florida Daniel's going to Florida and Daniel turns around in Opelika and John turns around in Dothan and I turn around at the at the Florida line it's going to take me longer to get back home than it does him mm -hmm. and so you that's know, a pretty good analogy does that make sense yeah, it does and it does. so you know, when you start talking about say eternal life, so maybe Daniel hadn't his life that he was leading it isn't that far away from God, and my life may be the farthest away, and I've got to go a longer way to get back. So it takes me a lot longer, and people see that I'm way down in South Alabama, and here's old Daniel back in in West Point. And uh, it's like, where's Jeff? They left at the same time. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they turn around at the same time? Well, we Which is a good analogy where grace comes in. Yeah. Daniel accepted grace and received grace and understood grace because he turned around quicker to come back home yeah. than you did. Mm -hmm. But yet at the same time, both of you are still on the way back home. Exactly. Now, I got lost between Dothan and here, okay? Well, that's... <laughs> but, uh, 
the prodigal son. Yeah. You know, he was gone. Yeah. But his grace brought him back. That's we're exactly right. Back. That's yeah. exactly right. And that's that's kind of what we're looking at with with learning the Bible, understanding the Word of God, and and then not looking at where we are sinners, but but instead of focusing on what sin somebody has committed or lived in, we need to focus on what direction they're heading. Right. And if somebody has, has done something, but then they've turned around and they're heading in the right direction, let's keep them headed in that right direction. And give them every information that we can give yeah. them on, on the reasons and all this other stuff and how to get back to that. If you're trying to stop me from going to hell and I repent... Or not repent, but if I've received Jesus and I turn around and coming back, don't put a roadblock. The roadblock is to is to stop me from going to hell. If you don't want me going to Florida, don't. And I when I turn around, don't put the road spikes out to, yeah. to flatten my tires when I'm coming back. Encourage me to keep keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Does. And that's kind of where I stand. We went. We've gone over time again, but. We say 30 minutes, but we're really trying to stay under an hour. <laughs> John, you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Father, I thank you this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to come on and share your word. And if, if any of the seven people that listen to this thing <laughs> comes to a greater knowledge of you and a better understanding of, of what it means to have a relationship with you and know what it means to be saved and have your sins forgiven, Lord, then we've, we've accomplished our purpose. I just ask you, Father, to go with us through our week, keep our hearts and our minds focused on you, and help us always to understand that we're saved by grace through faith plus nothing in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.